One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everyone. Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! What is up, all you rockers, rockettes, and everything in between? Welcome back to a new edition of And the Podcast Will Rock. We are rocking along, you guys. Uh, we are down. Not We're not in single digits yet, but we are very, very close on our main wheel. Uh, the main wheel is dwindling as we speak, but we're not done yet. Hey, if it's your first time joining us, welcome. Uh, you've got a lot to catch up on because we are the show that dives into the catalog and discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen, and we do it one track at a time. I am your co-host, Mark Kamara. With me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I tell you, uh, summer nights was a week off because uh, it's been minus 20 the last couple of days, but we're jumping up to plus nine uh, as we speak here. It's warming up. So uh, Ooh, summer nine. nights uh, got the memo just a week too early. Yeah, plus nine. That's that's fucking summer. Are you kidding me? That's we're going to be on the that's deck. Summer. <laughs> yeah, with, with a couple of a uh, couple of tequilas uh, enjoying life. So things are really good down here. But Mark, this is my favorite uh, week of the month because we bring on all of our lovely patrons. And this week, one decided to join us why don't you give him your very special silky smooth introduction coming back to the show uh a patron extraordinaire and uh a, a vocal person in our in our community and we love that we love when our people are are vocal and outspoken with their fandom of van halen so please welcome back to the show greg zito hey. what is up greg hey everybody uh looking forward to tonight anytime we get to talk about van halen's a great day to me Amen. Absolutely. I tell you what. Unless, uh, unless it's a disgruntled uh, former front man who, who can't keep his mouth shut to save his life. Well, I tell you what, um, Mark, I accidentally, uh, I, I upload these to, to YouTube now, and I put in no promotion or thought or effort uh, into our YouTube feed, and we have like over 500 <laughs> subscribers on there. 
And uh, we love it. I accidentally uh, clicked on the little notification bell because there was like a ton of them on there. And the first two mm-hmm. things that popped up were horribly negative comments toward us. Uh, oh, so yeah. I, I didn't dig any deeper. Uh, but one said, uh, we don't care about cats. Uh, so uh, to him, I just say, uh, fuck you. Eddie Cat Halen is awesome. I care about cats. I could give two yeah. fucks what you think about. And the other I'm one. I'm a cat dad. I care about cats. Exactly. So yeah, fuck you. And, <laughs> and the you, other dude. guy said, uh, oh, a Van Halen podcast with two Dave haters. No wonder they're doing so poorly on YouTube. First of all, I thought we were doing great on YouTube. The fact that anyone's watching us on there is fucking phenomenal. And B, yeah. I, I just want to clarify, I'm not a Dave hater. Like, uh, he's, I've always said he's my favorite frontman uh, on this band. Literally, two things can can be true. One, David Lee Roth is one of the greatest frontmen in rock and roll history. He's one of the greatest rock and roll singers in rock and roll history. I know Mark's going to disagree with me on that, but I think so. And he is responsible, directly and indirectly, in some of the greatest rock and roll music ever created. With Van Halen, oh, and yeah. he's had a pretty good solo career too. I am by no means a Dave hater. That's true. What's also true is he's an egomaniacal motherfucker who spouts off at the mouth, seeking attention. That's also true. So he's an he's an asshole, kind of like Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, guys like that, you know. And you could even say Sammy Hagar has maybe spouted off a little too much at the mouth, talking about the brothers, talking about Dave, especially in his book. I understand him and Dave have some. Uh, you know, some bad blood now from that ill-fated tour. Uh, so, mm-hmm. But even before that, you know, he wasn't speaking too kind to Dave. So he should maybe learn to shut up too. Uh, all I'm asking is maybe the Van Halen frontman maybe kind of take the high road. A la Wolfgang Van Halen, who is not, you know, prone to uh, going on Twitter and, uh, you know, fucking uh, ripping on trolls, which is fantastic. But you know, oh, he yeah. hasn't said word one uh, about this whole bullshit. So I'm not a Dave hater. I'm not a Sammy Haver hater. Uh, I love uh, both, and I love Van Halen, and I, I really enjoy both their solo careers, too. That's why when, what, uh, 11 songs from now, when we wrap up Van Halen, we're going to put some solo shit on the wheel, and we're going to spin that sucker, and uh, I am really looking forward to digging into that. Absolutely. Uh, tell me you don't listen to the show without telling me. It's like right away with the automatic, oh, two Dave haters doing a podcast, whatever. It's like, you know... See, here's the thing. We're we're not hating on Dave if you actually listen to the show or it's on YouTube, right? Yep. If you watched it and listened to us, uh, then you would know that, no, we're not hating on Dave. We're not Dave haters. I have my personal uh, favorite Van Halen vocalist, which is Sammy Hagar. However, at no point do I disregard the monumental uh, uh, achievement that uh, David Lee Roth contributed to the band in you know the, the early career, those, those first uh, several albums. Uh, how many times have you and I, Corey, talked ad nauseum about how much we love Van Halen 2 as an album? Guess who sings on Van Halen 2? <laughs> David Lee Roth. Do I, do I say a bad thing about him at all when we talk about those albums? No. No, I don't. What I, what I say is I think Sammy Hagar is a better vocalist from a vocal standpoint, like a technical vocal you know, just just in singing in general, I think Sammy Hagar is the better uh, vocalist. We have talked ad nauseum about uh, the differences between the singer versus frontman. Is Dave the better frontman for Van Halen? Yeah, 
I think so. I think the argument would uh, would definitely swing in his way, and I'm not taking anything away from that. Having said all that, uh, I reiterate what Corey said. Like, we also can acknowledge that David Lee Roth is a fucking asshole, and he's a fucking egomaniacal douchebag, and uh, we need to acknowledge that these people are among us. And look, and we can we could spend a lot of time talking about like who's an asshole. You mentioned like. Has Sammy had asshole moments? You damn right. Yes, he has. Guess what? Eddie Van Halen has been an asshole before. Uh, I'm sure Alex Van Halen has been an asshole. Like there's, we can go down this road. If you're a rock star, you're gonna have some uh, asshole tendencies. You're just going to. It's unfortunately the nature of the business, especially when you achieve a certain level of success, like the boys did. Um, so that that that's what it is. Yeah, all all Corey and I ask is if you're going to make a statement like that, then at least uh listen to the show, listen to what we're saying so that you can actually call us out on the things like, "Oh, you see, you see I've been listening. Go back to this episode you guys said you hated." If you can prove that, then go, "All right, cool. I guess we're haters. Fine. Good job. Thanks for listening." Uh, but if you can't, if you're just going to say from the surface level, "Oh, two Dave haters doing a Van Halen podcast," like no, we're doing a podcast. It just so happens that through our journey, more things have come to light in like now things happening like right now. I don't know what that noise was behind me, but like <laughs> things happening right right now. David Lee Roth is showing uh, his true self, his true colors. So don't hate the podcasters, hate the dude they're talking about. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so but nevertheless, yeah. go ahead, Greg. Yeah, I was going to say Mark and Corey. Um, so I have a question for you, and, and this has sure. been rolling around in my brain ever since Dave dropped that, you know, horrible whatever it was. Um, I think that the Van Halen brothers just love making music, and they wanted to be successful, but they didn't have the ambition that Dave had. And I think they needed Dave's win at all costs, I'm going to be the number one front man in the world ambition to get them to where they were. But with that, you also get an egomaniac, uh, narcissist. Like, I don't think you can get one without the other. So, 100%. you know, what are your thoughts on that? You're 100% right. I, I think of a band like Kiss, right? You need Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley to take that band to the next level. Uh, you know, Ace was just spaced yeah. out half the fucking time. And, yeah. and, and, and Peter was kind of a gangster. Uh, Jeff in the, in the chat even says Dave helped Ed develop his onstage personality because he didn't have much. Going into that, like yeah. uh, Ed was singing, right? And not wanting to sing. Yeah. And just kind of looking at his shoes and blah, blah, blah. They 100% yeah. needed Dave. And originally, I know, you know, they weren't a fan of his singing, but he had the PA. Yeah. That's why they invited him to join the band. But he was such a, a huge point, a part of, of getting them noticed and, and making them successful. You, you can't take away David Lee Ross' contributions to this band at all. That said, yeah. though, yeah, nowadays he's, he's kind of looking for attention, uh, we, you know, which is a little sad. I, I would rather be labeled a Dave hater than a Dave apologist. Cause that just says everything the man does is fucking gold and, and, and cannot be touched, whether he's ripping on Valerie or Wolfie or Eddie or yeah. Alex. And I, I don't subscribe to that. So if you want to label me a Dave hater, fine, go ahead. I'd rather be that than a Dave apologist. Um, Scott Everett in the chat had a great comment. He said, you can love the artist and hate the person is what I've discovered this year. And it very much like a, you know, kiss fans, right? Like Gene Simmons is kind of a sure. dickhead. Uh, and Paul Stanley has an ego the size of Texas. But you, you kind of need to, right? And, and and that's totally fine. 
Uh, Tom says, and Corey and Mark can still disagree on things and still co-host the podcast. And that's true. We do disagree exactly. on some stuff. Yeah. And when we get into the uh, the solo wheel, we're, we're going to probably <laughs> yeah. disagree a whole bunch. But that's well, probably fine. Probably a lot, yeah. I, I do a podcast with Kevin Brown. We just dropped one today where we disagreed vehemently on a song, which is great. <laughs> it doesn't make his opinion less valid or my opinion less valid. And it's more fun right. to talk about when you, have, when you kind of have that, that, that butting heads. That's why we thought Van Halen would be great because I'm more of a Dave guy. You're more of a Sammy guy. Yeah, and exactly. And, I've been having a lot of fun doing it. But yeah, not hating on Dave, not hating on Sammy, but geez, stop making those fucking videos. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, if you call us Dave haters and we're like, no, we're not. You're just a Dave apologist. And that's way worse. It is. Yeah. And there's so many, like even Eric Sanich on the Van Halen News Desk, whenever they post anything, the Dave apologists just fill up the comments with, you know, Dave can do no wrong. Dave yeah. is God. Dave is the best. It's like, is he though? Oof. Great, great no, front like, man. One of the no. best of, of all time. But, you know, what's he doing now? He's releasing, you know, the shit that killed Elvis and, you know, releasing videos where he's ripping on, on Wolfgang, who's one of the most lovable guys out there. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, and we could we could dive into uh, like what's really going on with some of these people that are just absolutely diehard Dave fans and like they're, they're apologists, but they make no apology like Dave can do no wrong. It's like. Oh, you! I have I have so many follow up questions for your character because you're just you're choosing to not acknowledge big aspects of the guy, uh, and not just uh, separating artists from the the man, but just just acknowledging what this man is doing, what this man has done, and like, no, 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 you can enjoy the music of the band for sure, but you and and you have to acknowledge also that this is not particularly a good dude. Uh, and he has shown uh, as much that he, further down the road, he he's just less and less of a good dude. So he's just that's what attention. it is. You know, Wolfie's yeah. getting attention. Uh, so is Sammy. He just wants him to. But uh, I'm, I'm of sick course. of talking about Dave discourse. Uh, I, I referenced a, a band earlier uh, in the show, Kiss. And I talked yes. about him a little bit last week because I said, Mark, you wouldn't believe it. I, I was driving around for work and I found uh, a song by Kiss that has some of the worst lyrics ever ever written in a rock song and i know jeff brewer uh was actually chatting with me on discord back and forth is it this one is it this one and he had really good guesses like no those are bad this one may be worse though uh so i, I teased it last week i want to play you a little bit this week uh, a little song uh from the album unmasked this is an ace freely song uh and it's called uh, two sides of the coin i i queued it up uh, to the first verse here i wanted you guys to kind of check this out and let me know what you think of the lyrics okay All right, so those lyrics are, I've met some ladies and then some girls, but they don't tell you they just want a whirl. It's kind of funny, a little sad, because they're not happy, they're just kind of glad to be with me for just the night and maybe even turn out the lights Well, turn out the lights. That's a that's a man who discovered rhyme schemes. Uh, that's, I met some look, ladies and I, then some girls, so... How how sober do you think Ace was when he wrote this? <laughs> this was 1980, so question. the answer is not exactly not at, all. Exactly. not at all the entire year. I'm not I'm not giving him a pass for that because it should be acknowledged that Ace really like wow this is really stupid man. Um, but you know, 
know, it's like, is there a reason? Like, maybe he's just not a gifted lyricist. Maybe you can blame it on the, the drugs if you want to. But he's written just... some good stuff. I, I, you know, Shock Me takes a lot of shit, but it's a pretty good tune. And Ace is in the oh, news he right did now. Write Shock Me, yeah. didn't he? But uh, you know, he released a solo record uh, this week that I haven't heard yet. But by all accounts from reviews, it's pretty decent. So uh, I'm looking forward to checking that one out. I'm, I'm going to play your verse too, be here, but. Uh, Scott Haskin, very excited. He says, oh, good. I haven't heard a pedo song since our Aerosmith podcast. So there's a niche I didn't know he needed scratched, but let's go on to (laughs) to a verse two here of uh, Two Sides of the Coin. So that doesn't even rhyme. I'd like to say a word or two about the women we all seem to know. You mentioned he's a fan of rhyming maybe, screams, not so much. Maybe he's uh maybe he's waiting for the next uh, phrase to rhyme. I don't know. All right. Well, let, let's hear the next phrase then. They're all around us. They're everywhere. You meet them this place and then meet them there. <laughs> then you decide to make a mate because you're tired of all those days, of all those days. All right. So the, 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 those lyrics again. Yikes. I'd like to say a word or two about the women we all seem to know. They're all around us. They're everywhere. You meet them this place and then meet them there. Fantastic. And then you decide to pick a mate because you're tired of all of those dates, of all of those dates. And Jeff in the chats is pretty bad, but so is Rocket Ride. And I I don't recall Rocket Ride offhand, but I I can't wait to play that one now. Was he, uh, did, I know this came out, uh, this came out in 1980, you said? Yep. Unmasked. Uh, How old was Ace Frehley at this time? Do we know this offhand? Oh shit, he would have been thirties probably. Okay, cool. So he wasn't in high school, no. uh, because this, this, like this, this sounds like uh, uh, you know when you make your first high school band and you don't know really how to write lyrics except that it's supposed to be uh, rhyming poetry, and that's what this feels like. Like this feels like uh, a poem he wrote in creative writing class uh, just to make some words rhyme. And <laughs> decided to put some music to it. Jeff Look, says, uh, apo- even... "Apologies to Ace, He's but at the same Ace. time, like, bro, this is this is all, like you should have known better at this point." Jeff says, "Even Shakespeare <laughs> didn't rhyme all the time. Like, come on, <laughs> that's true. But at least whenever Shakespeare, okay, we're not about to have this. We're not comparing <laughs> Shakespeare and Ace freely. Let's just let's stop the malarkey right. immediately." Uh, Scott uh, Monroe right. in the chat. I gotta bad. say, I gotta say, the lyrics are terrible. Still a better song than Gene Simmons' "When You Wish Upon a Star." Oh, oh fuck yes! God. That is one of the oh, worst things I've ever. Boy. His solo album is dog shit. Ooh. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's rough trade. Yep. And uh, Scott Everett uh, in the chat pointed out what I just looked up. He was twenty nine. Uh, when Unmasked came out. <laughs> old enough That's to know still better. too old. Yeah, yeah, old enough to know better. Like, yeah. way better. Like, like he should have been, he should have presented the, the lyric sheet to somebody, maybe not Gene, but somebody, like, hey, does th- this look okay? Remember, uh, Unmasked, like, they, were, they were so close to getting rid of Ace, right? He, he made it, like, almost up to the Elder, so... Uh, was uh, that's true. So they just uh, threw him a bone, I guess. Yeah. Scott Monroe says, okay, make it stop. I'll tell you where we hide the new codes. So <laughs> maybe we should move on. <laughs> 
no he knows he knows where they are no uh okay thank you for doing that that uh that brings a great uh conversation it's like anytime anytime <laughs> we want to rag on uh sammy's bad lyrics or dave's or or even uh gary's on occasion um we can all i think collectively agree thus far and we've made it pretty far nothing has been as awful as that I would I would argue like I'll listen to Up for Breakfast a thousand times more than I'll listen to that again. I tell you what, the the tune is not bad though. Like you know, like, like, you know, the riffs are okay, yeah, yeah. but like the lyrics just completely took me out of it. If we were doing, uh, the, I know the Pot of Thunder di- guys did it respectively, yes. but if we were doing a Kiss show in this same format, I'm like, no, I'm done. This is this is <laughs> awful. Well, I, I listened to that episode of Pot of Thunder. That's when I heard that song. Yeah, it did not go well. Uh, but Jeff Brewer <laughs> says Sammy was 40 when he came up with Lunch Pail. So. <laughs> yeah. all right well you got me there touche touche we'll move on yeah touche indeed but still i'd rather listen to that than this yeah, yeah. tom uh, with another quote i'm assuming this is another a song a man needs a woman that's all there is to it so get you a woman get her and do it wow it just... like, like like if you put the music to it yeah yeah that that sounds like it can still fit if it's not in there if there's another kiss song floating around with that line then it's no wonder i hate to say it but it's no wonder they they got rid of ace (laughs) all right awful what do you say we talk a little van halen mark we got a lot going on in the news desk we go right to the van halen news yeah please go all right let's get to the van halen news desk first of all i'm gonna have a little piece uh it's gonna be an exclusive for all the people on the call here tonight by friday when everyone's watching or listening to this that's gonna be old news but before we get there let's talk about the articles currently on the van halen news desk including when Dave Lee Roth reached for risk-taking heights with the Skyscraper album, they're talking about uh, uh, his 1988 uh, album, uh, Skyscraper, where Dave tried to meld kind of music of the time with dance music. Uh, he didn't just try and make a, a Van Halen clone. You know, uh, I, I, I applaud him uh, for doing something new. And I actually really like the Skyscraper record, uh, but it, it wasn't a big hit. Uh, the, the lead single was uh, Just Like Paradise. It did quite well. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, it was kind of a miss- uh, so that that's a great article on the Van Halen News Desk. I check that out. Then we have Idaho glass artist reimagines iconic Van Halen guitar. You got to see it to believe. If you're not watching us on YouTube right now, uh, you know, check out that article and, and check out this uh, this uh, glass uh, version uh, of the Frankensteiner. It, it's fucking amazing. Just incredible work. Incredible coming out of Idaho. And then we have a, a 1984 throwback video courtesy of uh, Greg Renoff. Watch skydiver version of Van Halen's jump. Uh, it's this really cringy uh, video from 1984 of people like jumping out of planes and lip syncing to jump, which is kind of cool. So, <laughs> that's, I mean, I get it. That that's that sounds like a fun idea. It's yeah. cringy, you say. Well, it's 1984. Uh, what, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah. And then yeah, finally, I really like this one. Our good friend Darren Paltrowitz, uh, author of uh, you know how David Lee Roth changed the world, um, did an interview with uh, Brian Wheat of Tesla, which is a band I really really like. Uh, and he uh, interviewed Brian Wheaton. Brian told a story about how David Lee Roth actually wanted to manage Tesla uh, way back in the day. Uh, so you can catch uh, the link to that interview uh, on the Van Halen News Desk. Uh, it's pretty interesting. And there they are right there. There's Brian Wheat on the right, and there's Darren Paltrowitz on the left uh, talking about David Lee Roth because uh, Tesla used to open for Van Halen uh, back in the mm-hmm. day. And uh, I think they actually opened on the uh, Eat Em and Smile uh, tour, if I remember correctly. And um, Oh, boy. Yeah, it, can you imagine actually, being managed by David Lee Roth? Like, I don't think anything would get done. I don't think anything would get done. Yeah, that's true. Uh, after a series of dates supported by Cinderella during the second half of '86, Roth tapped Tesla to open for the Eat 'Em and Smile Band. So it wasn't Van Halen; it was Eden, the Eat 'Em and Smile Band. 
Uh, and so then uh, t- yeah, he really liked the Modern Day Cowboy video uh, way back when. Tesla's a fantastic band. Uh, if you haven't, I saw them live. They opened for Def Leppard uh, quite a few mm-hmm. years back here in Saskatoon, and they still put on a great show. Uh, I, I would Underrated gem of a band for absolutely, sure. Uh, absolutely. I, I, admittedly, my my knowledge in, in Tesla is limited, but uh, what I have heard, and I've I've heard stories about them just as dudes, uh, and I've, they're all all good stuff. So uh, yeah, get get into Tesla, you guys. <laughs> uh, Jeff in the chat says. Uh, Kiss didn't get rid of Ace because of lyrics. If that was the Kiss standard, Gene and Paul would have to kick themselves off. Also, I guess, yeah. I was uh, I was listening to Plastercaster on the way home. It is they're 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 kind of brilliant in their uh, in their stupidity, but <laughs> but that but that's but that story is just kind of funny though. Like, I mean, it's just like why why wouldn't you? Uh, somebody was gonna write a song about the plaster caster woman and it might as well have been kiss but at that time he hadn't even had his uh his dick plastered so right yeah but i mean like such a such a legendary uh thing and such a legendary person yeah you, you gotta write songs about it you know that's yep. that's the kind of thing people do write songs about oh you know what our uh, 1984 podcast expert scott everett uh, jump is at number one for the second straight week this week in 1984 uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but was Jump uh, number one for like five uh, straight weeks, I think, at the beginning? So mm. pretty good uh, run uh, for Jump. I, th- I think yeah. it was five weeks. And then Scott Haskin, uh, imagining what David Lee Roth managing Tesla would be like, DLR to Tesla, quote, you're not kicking enough. <laughs> and probably not kicking high <laughs> enough either. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like kick <laughs> higher. And like, <laughs> I can't. I don't. My legs don't flex like that, Dave. <laughs> All right, now we, we got a little piece of, of late-breaking news here. I've been talking with Eric Sanich because a lot of people uh, on the interwebs have been giving uh, Eric and the folks at the Van Halen News Desk a hard time uh, about not writing anything about the Alex Van Halen biography. We talked about that last week. It's coming out October 22nd, and they hadn't posted anything yet. Well, I know there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes uh, at the Van Halen News Desk, and um, I, I, I can report here uh, tonight that uh, the Van Halen New- uh, store, which is run by the Van Halen News Desk, will have copies of the Alex Van Halen biography. Um, so you, you can definitely uh, go pick up your copy uh, from the Van Halen uh, store. There's going to be a ton more coming from the Van Halen news desk about the Alex Van Halen biography. Everybody's very excited about it. Um, Eric kind of let me in the loop a little bit on some stuff. I, I can't release it here, but I feel really important letting everyone know that I know a little bit more than, than kind of the average bear. Uh, but there's a lot more coming from the Van Halen news desk about the Alex, the hotly anticipated Alex Van Halen uh, biography entitled Brothers. Corey's got the scoops. There you are. So you you all know where to where to go to find him and to to bombard him with information that he's not going to give you. But that's awesome. Look at you in the know. And you're, you know what else is going to be the... coming on the Van Halen yeah. news desk as we record this? It's not up yet, but it will be up soon. An actual excerpt from the book itself. Harper Collins is sending Ooh. Van Halen news desk uh, a, a brief excerpt from from the uh, book. So. Uh, if you ever wanted to check out Van Halen News Desk, now is the time. You could actually read a little bit from uh, Alex Van Halen's biography. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. Well, look at you in the inner circle. And, uh, yeah, be sure to check those guys out. We always we get our news from the Van Halen News Desk. We've never uh, been shy about admitting that. I mean, we it's like, why not? Eric is a friend of ours. So uh, go check that out and stay on the up and up because, as Corey said, there's going to be just a, I assume – the floodgates will open with information and with news uh, regarding this biography. I, for one, am super stoked to check that out and to check out the the little uh, the blurb, the little excerpt that they're going to share with us. So be be on the lookout for that, you guys. All right. Shall we move on to the poll from last week? 
Oh, let's do it. We had a pretty good song and a pretty interesting poll result, Mark. Why don't you tell us all about it? You guys, I just want to say at the top, I'm so proud of so many of you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so proud. Last week, we, uh, we, we finished another, yet another album, and it was bound to happen because we uh, are dwindling down the main wheel. Well, we finished uh, the 5150 album finally. It has been eluding us all this time, and we finished it with the most requested, most manifested uh, track, Summer Nights. Uh, A lot of people were hoping for Summer Nights, and we finally spun it, and with a whopping 90.8% what dreams are made of over a 9.2, so right at the cusp of 91% of thumbs up, you guys, it's a Sammy track, and you made and you voted it into the ninety percent. Amazing! I'm so happy. I mean, it, it is. It honestly is amazing because as the uh, the charts will show you that uh, any any Sammy song was not tracking very well in terms of uh, popularity. Uh, but this one, on the other hand, Corey, you got this right in front of you. Yep. Where where does this one fall in line now? Number twenty four out of one hundred twenty two songs that we've covered. Wow. Uh, Summer Nights, yeah, it, it's right above Panama, which Panama really chaps my ass it's that low. To me, th- that, that should be 98% easy, but it's ahead now of Panama. It's ahead of You Really Got Me Now. It's ahead of Everybody Wants Some Sinner Swing Pound Cake, which was the uh, former winner for Sammy Hagar, 89.10%. Uh, but it's just below So This Is Love, Where Have All the Good Times Gone, Running With the Devil, Dance the Night Away, Ain't Talking About Love, but... 24th that that is currently the highest ranking sammy uh, track 90 90.8 percent uh it, it's the highest one for sammy um i'm, I'm glad to see it i'm, I'm kind of surprised like i said I, I really think panama should be a hell of a lot higher but uh, yeah. summer nights at 24 sounds pretty good to me there are a lot of songs uh particularly of the sammy era i think that should be way way higher than they are but look Summer Nights made it to the top 25, and I guess that's uh, the best we can hope for at this point. Um, I'm pretty sure, are we, we might be done with Sammy tracks, or we're close to it, uh, left on the wheel. But, uh, yeah, you'd be the one to tell me. But anyway, uh, this one, yeah, so I think uh, any any chance of getting uh, a higher rated, higher voted Sammy track might might just be out of the possibility, but uh, this one at a 90.8%, that's that's fantastic. So if that's the best I can hope for from you guys, from a vo- you know voting with your hearts, not uh, not with you know, the, the brains thinking like, well, it's not a same or it's not a Dave track, so I'm voting it down, which I'm sure there's a bunch of you out there that do that. Fine, whatever. However, this one makes me realize that uh, no, no, no. You guys listen to this song. You guys know this song. This one uh, kind of kicked your ass a little bit because it kicked ass. Ninety um, percent, we'll take it. We'll absolutely take it. Uh, good for you, Sammy. Good for you, Van Halen. And so, there's three Sammy tracks left on the wheel. Three, three from Balance. Okay. Yeah, my bad. We so we still got three. So there's there's time maybe. But if I'm gonna if I was a gambling man, I'm gonna say this one's probably gonna be the highest. Uh, I Sammy think so. rated track. Because we got Aftershock, the- Amsterdam. And uh, yeah. take me back, deja vu. I, I I think it's pretty safe bet. Put all your money <laughs> on summer nights being the highest rated uh, Sammy track. There it is. Well, you know it's it is what it is. Like I, I'm not, but I'm not mad at it because at least finally a Sammy track deservedly breaks the ninety percent barrier because it just it just wasn't it just wasn't. So 
Let's see what our people are saying about it. And uh, I'm going to read some tweets from our patrons. If you want your tweet guaranteed, right? We get a lot of tweets when we post these polls uh, on what you guys are thinking and where your mindset is with these tracks. So if you want it guaranteed read on the show by yours truly, join the Patreon. Find a tier that's right for you. If you find uh, the tier doesn't quite work for you, let us know. We'll, we'll, We'll find something that works. But join the Patreon. It's great. Lots of fun. So... Heading out over to our friend Heath McCoy. He says, wow, 93% love as I write this. It was just a a few days ago, so it dropped a little, but it's fine. 93%. Uh, I'm glad. This is a top five Van Hagar and a top Van Halen cut, period. Eddie's inspired riff, the the irresistible chorus and harmonies, all propelled by Al's agile drumming. So fun and uplifting. The perfect summer song. Uh, let me ask you, Greg Zito, do you think Summer Nights is the perfect summer song? Oh, I love this one. This is one of my favorites. Um, I, yeah, I love everything about it. I love the uh, um, the guitar riff, the drums. Yeah, this is a winner. It's definitely a winner, that's for sure. Like, uh, And I'm really, yeah, it would have made me very super, super sad if uh, after we just sang its praises and we were enjoying the hell out of summer nights that the voting results would have turned a different way. That would have been really upsetting because like if this was the one, this could have been the one you guys and turns out it was. So thank you. I figured Uh, it was going to be, I I figured it was going to be summer nights or best of both worlds as the top Sammy track. Yeah. Um, and I can't, uh, I'm not sure where uh, best of both worlds landed. I don't have the, uh, the charts in front of me, but um, yeah, no, it didn't. And there, there's a, there's a few Sammy tracks that we were so sure was going to reach at minimum 90%. Uh, like we thought sure. top of the world would have done it. We thought, we thought pound cake would have done it and it didn't. That was, that was heartbreaking. So, you know what, Mark, yeah, I, I was thinking about this. I, I want to suggest a redo. Uh, maybe, a redo? We, maybe we each pick a track and resubmit it for voting. Because mm. I think Panama deserves to be higher than ninety percent, <laughs> and there's like Pound Cake deserves to be higher. Uh, Run around deserves to be higher. Like maybe we each pick a track. Let's redo the poll and, and let's maybe try and get some new numbers because we did the numbers for Panama way, way, way back when. That is so. true. We did. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. There. There are some. There's a a good bit of songs from our early days that deserve uh, a redo. Um. So uh, we'll we'll look into that, but. Let's uh, move on right here. Uh, Sean McGinnity's got his in the Discord. I'll move on to that in a second. Uh, our buddy from Dissect That Film, that's all right, our buddy Brett Parker says, for me growing up, it was Summer Nights and my boombox blasting 5150. I love this song. Short and sweet, keeping it right to the point. Thank you so much, Brett. Uh, let's see, Jeff Brewer, the, uh, the, the, the coward that didn't show up. <laughs> Just kidding, Jeff. He says, wow, currently at 92% when he posted. Uh, the first Sam Van Halen, Sammy Van Halen tune to maintain above the 90th percentile for DTLC Discord. <laughs> yeah, but obviously this needs to be an upvote. So he'll have more to say. And I agree. It definitely deserves an upvote. Let's see here. Moving on, moving on, moving on. That might be it for like there. Again, there were a lot of tweets, but uh, again, if you want it guaranteed right on the show, join the Patreon because then you have access to our discord and uh, the discord channel. That's, that's where the real conversations are happening. 
and you get to uh, do a lengthy little manifesto, as we call them, on how you feel about the song, and there's no uh, limit to the characters you can use. As such, Scott Monroe says, Summer Nights brings the perfect summer vibe. No quibbles, no notes, 10 out of 10, hashtag what dreams are made of. Wow. Scott Monroe with the the shockingly short mini like that was a mini 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 that wasn't even a, a, a mini festo that was just a a quick statement <laughs> like just like the briefest uh good stuff though I love it thank you Scott Kevin Brown our good buddy Kevin Brown says Summer Nights one of the two songs that really got me into Van Halen and made me pay attention to them 5150 was the other Every part of the song makes my heart sing. The main riff is one of my very favorite of all time by anyone, not just Eddie. Those major seventh, I think, up arpeggios are just lights out fun. I love the lyrics in this one. Light, breezy, and just, again, fun to sing along with. Great harmonies and Al and Mikey just holding that shit down in the bottom end. Perfection. 10 out of 10. Hashtag what dreams are made of. I love that. I love seeing that. I love seeing people give 10 out of 10 to a Van Hagar era tune. It, it, uh, it, it warms the heart. And, all right. And our good buddy, Sean McGinnity, he, uh, he, a lengthy one. Here we go. He says, Summer Nights holds a whole bunch of memories for me. That and Best of Both wor Worlds were the ones uh, my Toma slash Overlord, Todd's backup band at home, uh, or Todd's band back home, played so masterfully at a number of talent shows, pageants, and any other show they could get. Uh, it also represents our last summer back home before we moved into the big city of Winnipeg uh, from Bohunk, New Brunswick, Canadian cities. <laughs> uh, these were these were the last dregs of our last summer, and I was sucking up every experience I could get. Sammy fits so good. The music seemed so effortless for them, and it was crazy how in sync they were right out of the gate, unlike with Mr. Sharon, who really needed another album to gel with Van Halen, probably. Uh, and sure, there was a glow on a Van Halen fan at the time. Uh, for all intents and purposes, Van Halen had broken up and they were done. The, this release was a godsend for us because somehow they hadn't broken up at all. In fact, they were back and they sounded great. Despite the shock of the other, uh, the softer Why Can't This Be Love, Summer Nights kicked us in the nards and reminded us that Van Halen was back. A couple of notes. I love how Sammy rhymes, let him go with whoa. Eddie and Mikey's backgrounds are so great here. Eddie's tone, while different, still sounds like him. And that initial pick slide, I feel it right down the spine. And when I hear it, I have visions of Todd wearing parachute pants on stage, as he did, just like Eddie, looking goofy as hell and then subverting that look with that slide. And then the dive bomb. The only who dive bomb better than Todd was Eddie. I could never downvote this one. Classic, classic Van Halen. Good stuff. A passionate response from Sean McGinnity. I would expect no less. So uh, not to be outdone, Jeff Brewer goes on a, a lengthy tear and he says, OK, I'll try to make this as brief as possible, but it will still be long. And I'll start with a few nitpicks. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Sam's acapella uh, toward the beginning, but it is less grating than his phlegm hack entrances in uh, into when it's love and can't stop loving you. Get out of here with that shit, Jeff. Get out of here. <laughs> Maybe a hey or ow or oof would have been more palatable. <laughs> Okay, 
<laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Sam bragged about not having too much to sp- or having to spend too much time on these lyrics, and I think it shows. But the lyrics are acceptable and fun, especially for 1986. And I've heard worse from both Sam and Dave. Much worse. I agree with Tom Armbruster about the solo on the record. It's not bad. Very few are, but it's not a favorite. That the live summer night solo from Live Without a Net is fantastic, of course. That's it. The rest of is overwhelmingly positive. This song is not my favorite on the album, 5150 is, of course, but it was on my short list of theme songs I would blast through my car stereo as I entered my high school parking lot those last few months of my senior year, 1986. The part right when the whole band kicks in sounded so good at high volume. This song actually might have been my favorite song in the album at that time. I can't remember, but I wasn't playing guitar yet. After I started playing guitar, soon after seeing Eddie Van Halen in concert, November 1986, 5150 took the top spot. I could go on and on and talk about Ed's brilliant use of the Steinberger trans trim, but I've linked enough on, <laughs> I've linked enough on Discord on that, and this mini-festo, in quotes, mini-festo is already too long. Brilliant guitar playing, great harmonies, clear and definite upvote. Quite a mouthful, but love the passion, love the the uh, the personal touch behind it. Good stuff. So, uh, d- despite uh, a few of your 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 jabs and little shots, uh, Jeff, uh, I like that. Thank you. Good stuff. Brad Gould says I'm posting my microfesto here, so I don't have to support Elon. This is just a fun song. The funky guitar used by Eddie Van Halen allows him to have a really simple rhythm, as opposed to using his technical skills to stand out. The overall vibe of the song is a bit of a jazz funk and all four parts of the band are quite balanced. Eddie's solo comes across like a sax or a trumpet solo in a jazz band. Pure improv that stands out from the rest of the song. I dig it. <laughs> I dig it too. It's good stuff, Brad. Uh, Chaz Mataz extraordinaire says, Summer Nights, toppermost of the poppermost in terms of Van Hagar era. <laughs> poppermost uh the vibe was the good time of party that the next seven to eight years were if memory serves one of the very first songs they wrote together it really does make me smile every time i hear it the guitar and drums are brilliantly slinky the harmonies are inspired mikey is always doing his part it's the best of the sammy world what dreams are made of and uh, that's it. There it is. Okay. Those are the, the right. mini and manifest. Oh, boy. What I, are you doing? I don't have breaking news music, so I had to go to this. I, I hope that's oh, okay. Boy. But okay. we have breaking news here on All the right. show, everybody. Uh, I'm going to bring this down so everyone can enjoy it. The Van Halen News Desk has now posted their uh, article on Brothers. I'm going to read it here for you, uh, for everybody yes. in the call here. Um, We have new details about the book here. Um, so I'm going to read you the, the blurb uh, that we got from HarperCollins in the Van Halen News Desk about Brothers by Alex Van Halen. Quote, in this intimate and open account, nothing like any rock and roll memoir you've ever read, Alex Van Halen shares his personal story of family, friendship, music, and brotherly love in a remarkable tribute to his beloved brother and bandmate. Told with acclaimed New York writer Ariel Levy, Brothers is a 70-year-old drummer Alex Van Halen's love letter to his younger brother, Edward, maybe Ed, but never Eddie, written while still mourning his untimely death. In this uh, rough yet sweet voice, Alex recounts the brother's childhood, first in the Netherlands and then in working-class Pasadena, California, with an iterant music father and a very proper Indonesian-born mother, the kind of mom who admonished her boys to always wear a suit no matter how famous they became, a woman who was both proud and practical, nonchalant about taking a doggy bag from a star-studded dinner. Uh, He also shared tales of musical politics, infighting, and plenty of bad boy behavior. 
but mostly his is a story of brotherhood, music, and enduring love. I was with him from day one, Alex writes. We shared the experience of coming to this country and figuring out how to fit in. We shared a record player, an 800-square-foot house, a mom and a dad, and a work ethic. Later, we shared the back of a tour bus, alcoholism, the experience of becoming famous, of becoming fathers and uncles, and of spending more hours in the studio than I've spent doing anything else in this life. We shared a depth of understanding that most people can only hope to achieve in a lifetime. There has never been an account, an accurate account, of them or the band, and Alex wants to set the record straight on Edward's life and death. Brothers includes never-before-seen photos from the author's private archives. And if you go to the Van Halen store, uh, courtesy of the Van Halen News Desk, and you sign up for their waitlist to get notified when they're going to start taking orders, you'll receive an exclusive neat little bonus item. No word on what that item is, but if you sign up to the waitlist now, uh, you will get yourself that exclusive uh, little bonus item. So there you go. A little more details on Alex Van Halen's upcoming biography, Brothers. Oh my God, have we all just been mistakenly calling him Eddie this whole time and like he <laughs> well, was and, never fond of that? Oh well, no. I, I, I think Alex always just kind of referred to him as Edward or Ed, never Eddie. Oh, so, I see. It's yeah. just like, ah, it's like everyone else can call you Eddie. I'm not calling you. I get that. That's yeah. that's fair. Um, That's like, uh, you know, a brother thing. You know, people call me uh, uh, different names sometimes and then, but my my brother and my family are like, we're not calling you that. Your name is Mark. And that's, that's what it is. <laughs> like, All right, cool. Uh, I get it. That's awesome though. Oh man. I like it. I like what I'm hearing. That's just, just raising the intrigue. So you heard what Corey said, go get on that wait list, man. I, I need to get on the wait list. Like as soon as we're done recording, I signed up while you were doing the, uh, the, the discord, uh, role there. I was, I made sure I got my email did, address in there. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'll be right back. I'm just going to pee real quick. I was like, no, you're going to go get on the wait list. No, I, I was getting, yeah. Cause they just dropped that on the Van Halen news desk. So all the people on the call, you heard this here first. Uh, obviously the show is going to drop on Friday. So you'll, you know, two days late. Uh, getting this information. Uh, uh, hopefully, my email is the first one on the wait list because I cannot fucking wait. This is going to be a great book. You could always reach out to to Eric, be like, "Hey, man, I'm on the wait list. Want to <laughs> bump it up a little? You want to you want to send uh, me a signed copy there, buddy? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, yet another incentive uh, to join the Patreon because if you're on our Patreon, uh, then you get the lurker access. You can actually watch us record the show in real time and you get the information the scoops as it were ahead of time before we release the show so uh there you go something to think about just saying <laughs> cool stuff i love that well then uh after the uh after the poll results and hearing what people are saying the mini festos it's time to change gears switch gears and do the thing that we love to do b before we spin the wheel and that is say it with me take a shot manifestations ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And that's right. Oh, now we're going to manifest exactly what song we want to. Uh, there you go. Thank you, Greg. Uh, <laughs> what, what, uh, what song we want to bring to the fold, what what we want to manifest and talk about tonight. Now, look, the the options are limited now because we have so few songs on the wheel. We still got a, a few, uh, 11, I believe. 11 songs so, left on the wheel, yeah. So, Corey, do me a favor, would you? Once you uh, bring that wheel up real quick, and I'm going to go over to our Discord and hear what our patrons are going to manifest for tonight's show. Uh, that's right. You join the Patreon, you get the Discord link, and you get to manifest what song that we do. And it's great fun. It's great fun to uh, to see what everybody wants to hear. So, we got Scott Monroe saying, Josephina for the reasons. And we know <laughs> what the reasons are. So, he's they're just not going to let that one go until we finally do it. Jeff Brewer, not to be outdone, says, Josephina in the hopes that the wheel randomly in quotes spins my pick from last week which was atomic punk so i see what you did there jeff good stuff good stuff uh, sean mcginnity with the relentless give me the big bad bill damn it i want jan van halen <laughs> he wants that big bad bill give it to him all right uh let's see and uh of course Chaz Mataz going with uh josephina because he's a chaos person so I put it to you, Greg Zito. You're on the show. You've come back to us. Uh, what do you want to live on the show? What, what do you want to manifest for the show? So <clears throat> I feel like we need a change of pace. I want something a little different, a little, uh, you know, not the normal Van Halen fair. So uh, I'm looking for a little dreamer. Nice. Little dreamer. Right on. I like that one. I, I think it's got to be a, a, a Dave track because... Remember, Mark, when we started, we hit nothing but Dave for like the first, seemed like seven or eight shows, right? It was all Dave. Yeah. And, and now we we're down and... to it. We have one Gary track left. We have three Sammy tracks left. And we have seven Dave tracks. So uh, uh, I, I'm in the mood to hear poetic, something. Poetic, isn't it? Yeah, because we're such Dave haters. Uh, I'm gonna right, go with, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with my buddy, uh, Sean McGinnity. I'm also going to manifest a big bad bill uh, here tonight. Yeah. So uh, what are you in the mood for here tonight, Mark? Uh, well, again, I, I'm gonna need you to pull that wheel up so I can, because I'm do not recall what we have left on there. I have heard most of the songs that I just like really want to talk about, but I'm sure there's a couple that. Uh, oh wait, of course. What am I thinking? We have to bring back Jamie's crying because we spun it once and we had to spin away from it because of the uh, circumstances of the show. But I have manifested that one before and I'm going to do it again. Jamie's crying. That's that's what I want to hear. So l look at that. Another Dave track because we hate him so much. <laughs> that's right. Such Dave haters. Uh, what do you say? We, 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 uh, we got eight people watching right now. We had as many as 10 right. at one point. We have eight right now. We have three of us, so that's 11. What do you say I shuffle this wheel 11 times? 11 songs, 11 shuffles. Eight, nine, 10, 11. Are you boys ready to go? I'm ready when you are. Greg, you ready? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. it. Here we go! Mark, 
Kamire. JB's crying. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Do you know what this means, Corey? What does this mean? I have done it. I have manifested three times. Three? Well, I'm at five, so you got to catch know. up. <laughs> but three, but like, like three, three's a good one. Three was the sweet spot for a long time. <laughs> that's right. So I have, I have done, I think that's three. I don't think I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. That. I, pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it's just three. So uh, that's a, uh, that's the, uh, if, if the gold is five, then uh, three must be silver. And I love silver. <laughs> so yeah, it's like I'm wearing silver right now. So but if, anyone yeah. else in, anyone else in the discord, did they, uh, Manifest Jamie's crying. I don't remember. They did not, based on what I saw uh, okay. for this week. So, um, nope. Tom, uh, Tom Armbruster snuck one in, and he also manifested Big Bad Bill. So naturally, of course, there were so many manifestations of that we didn't spin it. Yeah, because uh, the wheel likes to suck us over like that. However. It didn't screw me over because here we are with Jamie's crying. And I know there's uh, uh, one of our patrons, and I apologize, I'm not remembering right away, uh, has been wanting that for a while. Uh, matter of fact, I think he manifests it every single time we try to spin, and we haven't. So that person will be happy. And I, again, apologize that I'm not remembering which one specifically you are, but uh, let your voice be heard because we have finally done it. And since I called my shot, you're welcome. Well, uh, Scott Monroe in the chat wants to know, how does the purple elephant vote? So people on the call will, will get that reference, but where is the purple elephant? He's not there anymore. It's over there. Okay. Did he it's get a vote? I don't, I don't like him when he looks at me when I, when I uh, podcast. <laughs> 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 and to those with really good ears, if you heard laughing in the background from a, a wild Christie. All right. Well, Jamie's crying, guys. The, a song about a one night stand uh, who kind of lives to regret it, uh, which is kind of ironic being a David Lee Roth uh, penned lyric. But uh, what are your guys' <laughs> uh, recollections of uh, Jamie's crying? Go ahead, Greg. Oh, no, no. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I love this. Uh, I love this track. Well, see, now I'm uh, ruining it. Uh, but no, this is, this is a solid one. Yeah, don't tip your hand too much there. Well, maybe it won't be as good as I remember. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I I don't remember how I feel about it. I've just I've I've manifested it a couple times, and then this also comes from the the debut self titled album, and uh, we already know uh, my feelings on that. I know your feelings on that album, Corey. So, uh, but I ask you this: uh, any any uh, uh, words before we jump into Jamie's crime? Well, just uh, quick recollections before I kind of get into my research while the song's playing, but I think this one came kind of after, like it wasn't one of the club songs, it, it kind of came mm -hmm. after they, they started the recording process of the debut, uh, and I think it just kind of started with uh, Eddie playing a riff, sorry, Ed, or Edward playing a riff. <laughs> Edward. Uh, even though in an interview, uh, I think it was Jeff Brewer in the chat pointed out, uh, he said, Ed, Eddie, Edward, it doesn't, he didn't give a fuck. Whatever you wanted to call him is fine. Uh, but um, I, I think it just started with, with, with an Eddie riff, and, and then Dave thought it had potential, and out came uh, Jamie's Crying. But I don't think this was uh, an early song they played in the backyards or in the clubs. It, it kind of came while they were recording uh, the debut. That's cool. Yeah, I could see that, too. Um, for me, this, is, this isn't one of those ones. I've talked about uh, a lot of old, kind of the, uh, the earlier Van Halen stuff uh, came to me via just driving in the car, you know, with my parents or my, with my dad. 
Uh, this wasn't one that uh, I heard on the radio in the car all the time. This one I just kind of stumbled across, and I cannot remember where I was listening to it. I'm sure it was on a radio of some sort, or maybe it was uh, playing uh, like at an event I was at or something like that, but it wasn't it it doesn't have the uh, sort of a uh, family car ride nostalgia like a lot of van halen uh songs for me have this one was one i just kind of stumbled into and uh i asked my folks about it i was like is that that sounds like van halen is that van halen they're like yeah it's van halen it's jamie's crying I'm like okay cool <laughs> so that's my earliest memory like well, what and you're a youngin uh, tom put it out in the in the chat prepping for the tone loke fa- flashbacks cuz tone loke uh, sampled this uh, on uh, Wild Thing, so <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> wow, <Thing>. yes. <laughs> all right, let's get into it. Let's go all the way back to the debut record. This was a single released July 1978. The B side was "I'm the One." This is the A side. Jamie's crying. I gotta tell you, as a, as a guy who who appreciates the stank, the stank yeah. factor is at eleven uh, on this oh, motherfucker. Like soon as you hear that, your face crunches up. You're like, oh yeah, that's a yeah, dirty like, fucking groove. I love everything about it. <laughs> just the crunchy distortion, just the the heavy drums on it, just this the in your kind of like in your face attitude about it. Yeah, this is just this is just groove stank. I love it and put some stank on it. Oh man, if yeah. that's not like early. <laughs> David Lee Roth, Era Van Halen, I don't know what the fuck is, right? Oh, that sounds That's so true. Greg, yeah, I, I, I could tell you're enjoying this, uh, laying in bed right I now. I love it. Thank I God your, it. your camera good. shot is just showing your face and not anything yeah. south of the equator. <laughs> yeah. He's really enjoying the song over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great one. And, uh, you know, um, the first time I ever heard this song i heard it on the radio and i just heard just the end of it and i could tell by the guitar it was eddie and uh i think it was i think it was a little kid and i'm like that has to be a van halen song like it was unmistakable Absolutely. and uh yeah i i, I found a great quote from a ted templeman here i want to read you guys he said quote at first i was worried that the lyrics were too reminiscent of a 50s white pop breakup song but eventually I realized Dave's lyric was a lot like those wonderful Holland Dozier, Holland Motown tracks like Where Did Our Love Go? Those songs sounded happy, but were about heart-rendering breakups. And I know uh, uh, someone in the chat, um, uh, Josh, uh, pointed out happy melody, sad lyrics, uh, c- kind of along those lines. Yeah. Uh, sounded happy, but were about heart-rendering breakups. The way it came off was in keeping with that heavy metal with a smile, upbeat sound, this teenage thing. It ended up being one of the singles off the record. It never charted. It was the third single off that record, never charted. But uh, to this day, I think when you think Van Halen won, th- this is one of the tracks that comes to mind. I think so too. And that's a theme with a lot of, uh, you know, heavy metal and light rock. Uh, you, 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 you hear the, the music and the way it's structured, the riffs sound like kind of very positive, but then uh, the lyrics are not so positive. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's a common theme in that in that genre. So uh but I I, I like uh seeing Van Halen sort of kind of get ahead of it before it became the super popular thing to do. Yeah, big and heavy metal, but big and like just straight rock too. I remember uh, Batter to Hell 
Uh, you know, it's, it's yeah. a very kind of, you know, happy, uplifting feel to that song. It's about a motorcycle crash and the guy dies. And, you know, with the heart still beating, that leaps out of his body like a bat out of hell. So, yeah, you, I, I like when they mix kind of darker or, or upsetting lyrics with, with a happier tone. It's kind of cool. And that, kids, is the tease for Corey's new Meatloaf podcast. That's right. Pot out of hell. Coming soon to a podcast player Ooh. near you. If that doesn't exist, it should. It should. Fuck. I, I'm tempted to start it right here. <laughs> Kevin, Scott, what are you guys doing? You want to do a Meatloaf podcast? I'm all in. I saw Meatloaf in his very last concert before he died Ooh. was in Moose Jaw, oh, Saskatchewan. Man. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, I'm in for that. That would be fun. Like, Meatloaf is good, man. Like, I think Great. I encourage Meatloaf everyone. Fan go, back, go back and listen to Meatloaf if you never did, man. There's like That man was doing some incredible vocal work. Oh, God, yeah. He had some horseshit uh, songs out there, but I tell you, Bat 1, Bat 2, and even a good portion of Bat 3, great, great stuff. But what do you say we get back into Jamie and and, and why she's crying? Let's find out why she's crying. All right, a uh, brand new uh, patron, Jeff Fisher, says, fuck Meatloaf. Uh, he's not a fan. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome to the uh, Welcome, welcome to, to the, the show. Patreon fuck group. Meatloaf. Welcome to the show, Jeff Fisher. <laughs> just like right away, fuck Meatloaf. You guys talk about Meatloaf? I didn't come here for this. You're right, you didn't, but that was just an added bonus. And no, 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 fuck Meatloaf. Go back and check out Meatloaf, man. He's doing good stuff. Um, but to Jamie's crying, on the other hand, uh this just uh, right away, I got to say, you know, we, we talk about uh, at the top of the show, we were talking about horrible lyrics and how sometimes even the biggest rock stars are not above it. They're not uh, beyond writing something really stupid lyrically. That is not what Dave is doing in this song, for sure. I think he's like it just what he's doing vocally and he's doing the thing that, you know, Dave does. He's doing, you know, the, the Rothisms, but this is a classic example and there are a few out there that the rothisms are absolutely like they were made for this song like this 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 the lyrics the way he is uh uh constructing the the vocal lines and everything like that it just it it works everything about this so far absolutely works my wife is downstairs and she's getting very mad because she loves meatloaf and she heard me say fuck meatloaf and she thought that was coming for me and it's not. You see what you did, Jeff Fisher? You got Corey in trouble. Damn it, Jeff! <laughs> like, welcome to the show. Thank you for your patronage. But at the same time, what the fuck, man? Man, I'm in so much trouble now. Uh, Scott over in the chat says, uh, make, it sound, make it like a crying sound. That's what he's always imagined. You can kind of hear it in those bends. It almost kind of sounds like it's crying. Um, yeah. Because, like I said, if you're just kind of listening to the song, you think, oh, this is a happy song. But she saw the look in his eyes. She knew better. It made her feel so sad. This guy just wanted a one-night stand, so... Uh, a little deeper than the kind of what you maybe thought about Jamie's crying, or sorry, Jamie's crying. Uh, Chaz Charles says the bluegrass version of Jamie's crying with Dave on vocals is classic. 
let you see the power of the song. It transcends genre, which it, it really does. All, all the best songs, mm-hmm. you can kind of, you know, acoustic, bluegrass, fucking polka, what, whatever you want. It, it's all going to work. Uh, Jeff Brewer. Corey, does, um, does this song remind you of any of the things that happen at the come and go and all the disappointed <laughs> American women? All the time. It, it's all Jamie's tears at the come, at and, the come and, go. and go. Jamie was crying at the come and go. You have sure, no idea. I'm sure that's where it was happening. <laughs> oh, I'm so oh, glad I wore man. the come and go t-shirt tonight now. Zito with the zinger. Oh, and, and Jeff is at least sorry. It. He says, blame me. Don't worry, Jeff, I did. There's so much context you don't understand for this. I'll have to explain later to Christy. <laughs> she, I don't think she knows about the come and go story. Oh, man. Oh, she, 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 she still have to participate up. in a live show. That, that, that was a whole thing. But That's uh, true, yeah. What do you see if you get back into, into Jamie's crying here? Sure. She wants to say. This is that moment where, like, as much as I want to love, um, and I do love it, that riff and what Eddie's doing there, uh, that that section right there, that when they finish the uh, the vocal line, makes me think of Wild Thing, and so that's that's all I can think of now. <laughs> I I thought this was interesting. We just heard the guitar solo. Apparently, uh, David Lee Roth claimed that in addition to uh, writing the lyrics, he actually. Uh, structured the guitar solo as well by by singing it to Eddie, and Eddie uh, kind of played whatever uh, Dave was singing there. So uh, th- really? that's just something I picked up on Wikipedia. I don't know if that's true or not, but Dave claims that uh, he structured the uh, guitar solo. So. Well, if Dave claimed it and nobody else backed it up, it's <laughs> clearly factual, right? <laughs> it's he, he guaranteed never, 100% he, truth. He never gets his facts incorrect, ever. No, but uh, he doesn't. And, and why would I say that he does? Because I'm not a Dave hater. This is one of the few songs on uh, the debut record that uh, uses overdubs. Huh. Did not know that. Little uh, tidbit I figured out there. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going.
just want to go back to the chat real quick. As Scott Everett says, it kind of sounds like Dave, you know, maybe would have came up with that structure. He may not be full of shit on this one. And it, it, it's kind maybe of true. Not. Maybe not. It, it sounds maybe, I don't know, I don't want to say un-Eddie, but I could definitely see him maybe just kind of, you know, picking up on something that Dave was kind of scatting and kind of following that template. That makes sense. Maybe so. We'll All right, we'll uh, we'll give it to Dave on this one. Uh, I know we got a lot of uh, guitar uh, fanatics uh, on the call uh, in the chat, and uh, I know you were on too. Um, as uh, I'm going to read this uh, verbatim here. As with other songs on Van Halen that did not use vibrato, uh, including Running With The Devil and You Really Got Me, Eddie Van Halen played his rhythm guitar part on an Ibanez Destroyer. Yes, yes, I knew that. Of course I, you did. I remember, uh, yeah. You're a Van Halen well, expert. A, I didn't a, know that. Yeah, well, didn't you know? No, actually, no. I'm required every show to remind you guys <laughs> I'm not a Van Halen expert. I'm not a rock historian. Uh, but no, I I grew up and I playing Ibanez guitars, and for a while there, I thought uh, the Ibanez was the be all end all because I was young and foolish. Um, they make good guitars, but they're not the best. Mm. Um, but I did know that about Eddie Van Halen for this album. Uh, Tom in the chat says, "You suppose Eddie showed Mike that bass lick? Doom, 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 doom. There's not a lot to that bass lick, but probably. <laughs> I'm maybe, but I'm going to assume no. Actually, I'm like I think Michael probably came up with that on his own, but okay. I could be wrong. Uh, Josh, you'll get this as phase ninety on the arpeggios. Perfect. <laughs> You're laughing. Explain it to us uh, ne'er do wells who don't uh, speak guitar." I can't explain it because, uh, you know, I, I speak guitar, but not super, super fluently because I'm very <laughs> out of practice. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, I'll, I'll let, uh, Josh and, uh, hell I'll get, uh, if, uh, Sean and Todd want to, want to pop in for this one, like I'll let them explain it. All right. Shall we keep going here? We got about 37 seconds left. It sounds pretty much like the last 20 we heard, but, uh, we'll play it anyway. <laughs> Maybe that'll just fade off into the darkness. Maybe. Let's find out. There you are, and she's crying and crying, crying herself to sleep because what a what a whoa, what a tragedy! I just gave you a little uh, atomic James bunk crying. there. I was ready to just keep on rolling here. Oh yeah, no no no, we're not there yet. We got to spin <laughs> it first. I know everybody wants to hear it, but uh, patience, it's coming. patience, it's coming. my dears. Uh, but that was Jamie's crying from the self-titled debut of Van Halen, uh, an album very revered even to this day, uh, especially by you know you those on this call right now so yes, sir. uh and that one um again i cannot remember uh it might have been uh was it chad or it might one of our patrons i know was was really wanting jamie's crying for like every single time that i know jeff brewer was asked for yeah jeff yeah. jeff as well so we'll say jeff and uh whomever else that was really really pining for jamie's crying we have done it and again since i called my shot you're welcome <laughs> Uh, but there you have. But the but the real the real question is, how did you all feel about it? Does it still hold up? 
Uh, do you still uh, think it is uh, the bee's knees, or are you going to be like Jamie and just go off crying about how bad it is? I ask Greg Zito first because you're our honored guest. You are a member of the panel here. So returning to the show, we didn't spin what you manifested, but we did spin a David Lee Roth tune. So with regarding everything else, or forgetting everything else, rather, would you say Jamie's crying is what dreams are made of, or... Is the dream over? This one is... This one's uh, an absolute classic. Um, you know, I mean, the sound is... is I love the guitar on this. Um, the, uh, I mean... You know, Dave, you know what? I, I, I give it up to Dave, too, because the lyrics, I think it tells a good story. I think this is a great tune. This, well, I, I'll, I'll listen to this track every day of the week. There you go. Well said by Greg Zito. There it is. And so then I throw it to you, good buddy, Corey Morissette. You uh, are the self-appointed Dave hater, That's as right. it has been pointed out in YouTube. Absolutely. That is that is your moniker, and there is yep. nothing else about you to love know. Love cats, hate Dave, 100%. Love cats, hate Dave, and uh, not fuck meatloaf. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I ask, after uh, listening and breaking down Jamie's crying, is it still what dreams are made of, or... Has she cried herself to sleep and the dream is over? Well, before I vote, I got to point out I can't do the podcast anymore. My wife says I can't play with my friends if they keep trying to sway my opinion on meatloaf. So this will be my last show. But if so... (laughs) I guess I'm going out on a high note because I really, really like uh, Jamie's crying. Uh, kicking off side two of the debut record, which is a perfect record uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, spoiler alert, y- you can't download a goddamn thing on this record. It- it's fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, to me, this is all about guitars. Like, uh, th- uh, they're kind of laughing about it in the chat. You know, did uh, Eddie show Mikey the, the bass line, which is just like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like, it- it's pretty simple bass-wise. Even drum-wise, there's not a lot going on. But it- it's all about the guitars. The rhythm and the lead guitars on this are fantastic. And Dave, too. Dave sounds great. Lyrics are great. Uh, Well-constructed song. I know Dave kind of considers it a pop song, and I guess in its construction, maybe uh, it's got some some pop tendencies, but an absolutely uh, fantastic track. Um, I, I had some some interesting things about this song uh, lined up, but I completely forgot them all, so I'm just going to say, Jamie's crying absolutely what dreams are made of. Uh, but Mark Meyer, you're also a, a self-obsessed uh, Dave hater. I, I, you're currently wearing your I Hate Dave uh, t-shirt and sandwich board and ringing your bell on the street corners of Nashville every single day. Uh, how are you going to vote on this one? Jamie's crying. Is this what day, uh, dreams are made of or is the dream over? Well, after some long consideration. No, I don't understand how you could downvote this song whatsoever. Not only does it come from uh, one of their all-time great albums, their debut album for that matter, uh, but it's just a great tune. Is it is it pop? Sure, pop rock, but that's not a bad thing. It's not uh, a dirty word uh, to use 
pop in the same sentence as uh you know a rock band it's fine it's pop means popular was the song popular sure uh could it have been more popular absolutely and it probably should have been but nevertheless it is what it is uh jamie's crying this is absolutely uh no disrespect to al or mikey you know i know we're making jokes about the the baseline here but uh this is an ed and dave performance <laughs> like this it's like this is their show this song uh it's all about the guitars as you say it's and uh dave telling the story uh and a cohesive one and one that actually i mean it everything he's doing vocally as i said earlier it just it works it works whether the uh the guitar riffs came first or dave just had the idea in his head and then the boys worked around it whatever it was this is uh a quintessential van halen song and i think it shows given that uh you know it just this is just a good example of seeing how the boys work together how uh what each member brings to the table and if dave brought the majority to the uh uh of material to the table for this one then more power to him honestly uh and this is just an absolute banger of a song i think um it's not the greatest van halen song in the world no it doesn't even have uh the most technical or the greatest guitar riffs but it's still got some stank on it we love that it's still groovy it's still rocking it's still van halen and for all those reasons that is why that is what dreams are made of for jamie's crying so cry no more jamie we got the upvote now um i i gotta say tom is giving a shit in the chat he's the bass player uh, on our patreon Yes, he is. <laughs> he's screaming right now not the main baseline okay he says go under the the jamie's been in love before section go back and listen to that bass i didn't pick up on it because i was listening to the bridge and the lovely harmonies and what dave was doing mm-hmm. so i wasn't hearing the bass uh it, it's probably pretty damn good uh stop yelling at me uh tom <laughs> yes the bass under the bridge i get it oh he's so mad i am so we sorry know. Uh, oh, he. Well, I mean, thank having, God I'm not anywhere near him. He's going to want to punch I, me. I think I know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's so pissed. It's okay, Tom. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. We love you, Tom. We love bass players. And yeah, there there we is do. a pretty cool section underneath there. I, I was talking about the uh, uh, underneath the chorus stuff. Oh my God, he's so mad. I'm so sorry. Calm down. <laughs> Guy just pissing everybody off today. Your wife and Tom. You know, Mikey it's not rules. Even your fault. Mikey rules. I, I wanted to point that Mikey out. Everybody rule. should take a page out of the Michael Anthony playbook. Uh, in, in terms of how to play bass and how to you know deal with band drama, Mikey yeah, does it better than say, anybody. How to play bass and how to ignore <laughs> assholes in your that's band. Right. <laughs> that's the he uh, he he should write a memoir about that. Maybe he does. Uh, maybe he's got a lot of like Zen in his in his uh his 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 self. I don't know. It's you know, there's like, been talk of a Mikey biography, but it, it, he said it's just gonna be a lot of yeah. You know what? This was cool. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, this was great. <laughs> he he's not gonna like just spilling he's a man a few words yeah he's just uh you know he's just he's the guy that just goes with the flow man i love that i actually envy that he probably has never been anxious a day in his life and what's that like and he's still loving life actually i wanted to play this during the news i'll play a little bit now but uh yeah we have a little bit uh uh just a a few days ago four days ago as we record this uh michael anthony jumped on stage with zz top one of my favorite bands and they played a little beer drinkers and hell raiders let's play a little bit of that for you now
the, the the audio quality isn't great, but um, you know that 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 uh, no, but he's belting. Man, well, and, he's just he's going for it. And that's the Dusty Hill section that he would sing that in. He has such such a he, he's a lot like Michael Anthony actually in terms of how he plays bass and how he sings mm-hmm. backup and how he can take lead too. So the fact that Michael Anthony is on stage with ZZ Top doing the Dusty Hill part is really fucking cool. And he, he that's very very cool. And of course, uh, Van Halen used to cover Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers way back in the day. So I just thought that was really really cool that he hopped on stage with the boys. Uh, way back you know, on the Rock Legends cruise uh, four days ago yeah. and busted out uh, beer drinkers and Hellraisers. And I love he's in, I mean, he's in his cruise attire too, man. Just the the sleeveless shirts and the shorts. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, he's like, I literally just got off the dock tanning to come sing with ZZ Top. It's like, <laughs> what is your life, man? That is awesome. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah, Scotty Everett, oh, wow, t- Mike taking it back to the club days. That's right. Yeah, they used to cover a lot of ZZ yeah. Top. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. So, cool stuff, man. Well, there's another one down, man. We we have done it. We've we've covered ah, another one from a, a great album, from a great band. And you guys, you know what that means. We are down to the final ten. That's yes, right. Sir. Get your brackets out because March Madness is not happening out on the courts. It's happening here on the pod airwaves. It's the it's the March Madness of the podcast will rock. Uh I don't know. We'll workshop a title or something like that <laughs> to make it fun and exciting. But uh we're in the final ten, you guys. The the final ten songs of this main wheel. And then we evolve or I don't know. What do we do? It's up to you. It's up to you, the listener. And you know how you can uh, uh, get the news quick and how you can input, give your own input on what you think we should do. You should join the Patreon. I talk about it every show, but I'm just going to keep talking about it until you all join up with us because we we all, we want you all there, okay? If you're listening to us, you remotely enjoy what we do, join the Patreon. Get a tier that looks right for you. If it doesn't look right for you, let us know. Maybe we can figure something out. But you get access to the Discord where the conversations are always happening. They're great conversations, uh, links to all this stuff. You can, as I said, throw in your own input about what you would like Corey and I to do moving forward. And then also you get acquainted, like Corey and myself have, with all these great Van Halen listeners and these uh, great friends that we've made. I'll just give you a, a little example of the friends you can make on our Patreon. We've got Matt Lacoste, Nate from the Deep Purple Podcast, Rave Flave, Josh Caldwell, Michael Griffith, Chaz Charles, Sean McGinnity, Kevin Brown, Per Lenniker, Scott Monroe, Ryan Powell, Jeff Brewer, Tom Armbruster, Scott Everett, Heath McCoy, Janice Risco, Brad Gould, Michael Triplett, Davey Lee Smith, Chad Pollock, Brett Parker from Dissect That Film, Jeff Fisher, and Scott Haskin joining us, and then of course our uh, our honored guest of the evening, Greg Zito. So thank you all. That that's a hell of a lineup, and I got to tell you, it's it warms the heart that you guys are interested in what these two jerk offs have to say every week. <laughs> so it's like, I, not that we're jerk offs. So like, I hope we're not, but you know, we're just, we're just a couple of dudes. We're not rock historians and we're not experts. I know we like to joke, but we're not these guys. We're just fans like you talking about a band we like, and you know what? We're not the only ones. We are part of a grand network. Oh, oh, oh wait, uh, you were going oh, too quick. There. Let me, we yeah, got you're, something you're else through. Unfortunately, Greg had to go. So he's not going to get to play here tonight. But it's time to play How Many Times Did Van Halen Perform? Jamie's Crying. All right, let's uh, give it a second for everybody in the chat to kind of get their guesses in. 
Uh, all the way back to the day. I was on such a roll, you thought, thought I was going to slip by you. I know. I almost <laughs> forgot, too. Like, oh, shit, there's something else we usually do about this time. <laughs> what was that again? Oh, right. How many times have Van Halen performed Jamie's Crying? I that bet game you it's that a lot. real bad at that you love humiliating me with, but it's you know funny. what? I, I see your lady on the couch there behind it. Does she have a guess? How many times does she think Jamie's crying has been performed? How many times do you think the song Jamie's crying has been performed live by Van Halen? Don't look it up. She says once. <laughs> oh, just once. Just once. Okay. Wow. Just, just once. Once, once right. live. That's that's our guess. That is a bold right. guess, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for her. <laughs> uh, I, that's basically her way of telling me to fuck off. Oh, okay. Her yeah, her guess is one because she didn't okay. have a better guess than that. And honestly, that might end up being the winner just from that alone. So <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, Scott well, Everett in the chat has a guess. Uh, he's guessing, uh, okay, they played it from 78 to 84, and then in 04, and then in 2012. That's eight tours uh, using his formula of uh, tour times 75 plays per tour. He come up with 600. So his wow. number is 600. Jeff Brewer uh, is saying 350 uh, times, and then Scott Haskin picked up on my dodgeball reference. Thank you very much. If you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. Dodge a ball. So we have guesses of 600 and 350 and one. Mark Kamire, what's your guess going to be? Oh, God, they probably played this song a ginormous amount of time, so I'm going to say right at 500 times. 500 times? Yeah. I tell you what, that's a pretty good guess, but... Oh, Mark Kamire, you lost once again to Scott Everett. He guessed 600 times. The correct answer, 615 times. Oh, man. So all I had to say was 601. That's right. Ugh, damn. 615. You were so close, babe. <laughs> <laughs> just 614 <laughs> off, yeah. Yeah, you were just, yeah, but, ah, oh, well, hey, well, but but of course, uh, you said uh, Everett got that one? Yep, he did, yep. Of course he did. Of course, <laughs> I'm not I'm not remotely surprised by that at all. So good for you, Scott, of course. But uh hey, I wasn't I wasn't too 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 far off. That's I have a pretty good worse. guess. Good I have guess. definitely guessed worse. I could have guessed one, but I didn't. <laughs> so <laughs> here you go. All right. Well, uh, as I said, look, I was I was on a roll, but I'll give it to you again. You guys uh if you remotely enjoy the things that Corey and I do, then you probably want to get down on other podcasts that might be talking about your favorite rock acts. And guess what? We are part of a grand network that allows just the thing. Corey, tell them about the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Oh, it's my pleasure. We're talking about some great podcasts like a couple of archived ones that I was a part of, Backtracks Theme Music, talking about your favorite music for movies, and Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited with the uh, sexy spin and podcasting, Saad Haskin, uh, breaking down the Aerosmith catalog. Those are both done, but you can catch these current uh, active shows, including Kevin Brown at the Tom Petty Project. Uh, Kevin also does a show with his buddy Randy Woods called Seaside Pod Review, breaking down the Queen catalog. They got themselves a wheel. I wonder where the fuck they got that idea from. Even though we stole ours from Pot of Thunder, they stole theirs from us who stole from Pot of Thunder. So they're even worse than we are. That, that's how I'm going to uh, choose to look at it. Scott Haskett also has Uriah Heap, the Magician's Podcast, Nate and John at the Deep Purple Podcast, The Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered, 
Terry T-Bone, Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts, Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast, Paul, Joe, and David at In the Lap of the Pods. That one's archived. You can catch all the uh, back episodes uh, of wherever you get your podcast from. You can also catch Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge, Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z, Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast, Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast, George and Hattie at the Judas Priest Cast, Clay and Rye at North by South Podcast. That's Canadian music versus American music. A lot of fun that show is. Check it out. Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pot, So What, talking all things Megadeth. Quinn at and Volume for All. Sam, Nick, Steve, and Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. Then we have the uh, Chaz uh, Podcast Universe here. We have Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu. Chaz and Chats at Rush Rash. Chaz and Wolfie at Regarding Roger. Uh, sorry. Chaz and Wolfie at Regarding Roger. Uh, then we have the Rewind to 1984 podcast with the aforementioned Scott Everett. The Sean Geek and Fast Red podcast. The DLR cast. The Bogus Otis show. Booked on Rock with the legendary Eric Senich. You're All Doomed. A Friday the 13th podcast. Dissect that film. Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast, and Pod of Thunder, the recognized symbol of excellence in rock and roll podcasting. They just finished February, which if you're not checking Pod of Thunder out out during February, you are missing out. Not only are you getting songs by and in the vein of the legendary Lou Rawls, but you're getting some of their absolute uh, best banter. Uh, February is absolutely fantastic. Go back and check out those shows. That's uh, Pod of Thunder, the recognized symbol of excellence in rock and roll podcasting, and that is the Pod Roll. Mark Kamire, back to you. Always a pleasure, always fun, and uh, definitely check out all of those podcasts to meet your rock podcasting needs. Guaranteed, you will find something that you enjoy there. Uh, and if you enjoy us, you're going to enjoy all of those shows, so definitely check those out. Also, check out podcastwithrock.com, where we have uh, our merch store up we have uh backlog episodes all of our socials go there get you a shirt get you an apologies to gary shirt and everything like that um it's definitely uh something that i want to see i have talked about on the show constantly at this point i mean it's is it a joke yes but it's also uh near and dear to my heart and i really just want to see an army of you wearing apologies to gary shirts uh i just it just would put a great smile on my face and i know so many of you have you've reached out and said ah check it out got it and uh thank you for that it really does uh make the man's uh heart grow five times larger than it was it was you know i had the grinch's heart before but now i am so full of love and we appreciate all of the love, all the stuff you guys have been doing for us. Uh, just listening, getting the word out, uh, joining the Patreon or telling your friends. Continue to do so. Share the word, share the link, uh, share the show to everybody and tell them that this is the show you go to when you want to hear about fans talking about Van Halen. That's what we do here. We are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later. Later.